Welcome back to episode four of Lindsay Live. We're welcoming the spring season with a discussion on scoring. If our goal is helping learners to prepare for future success, we can't continue to advance them in content level simply because another year has passed. In a traditional system, we often feel pressure to advance our learners at the end of the school year. The system is set up to make them feel like a failure if they do not advance one content level per year. Conversely, learners who achieve mastery ahead of schedule rarely have the opportunity to advance according to their ability. Instead, the traditional system puts a ceiling on how fast they can run and how far they can advance their learning. These fast runners, as we refer to them, often feel trapped by a system that only acknowledges their effort with a letter on a report card, a system that makes them wait an entire year or longer before advancing them to an appropriate content level. Our superintendent, Tom Rooney, often shares this true story about a former Lindsay learner who felt trapped by the constraints of the traditional grading system. When we first started this system, there was this, this learner who was just ahead of the system. He, we started it with the ninth grade class of 2009. And this learner was a junior at the time. And I remember this junior coming to us and, and saying, why did you have this system for me? This isn't fair. Because you know what, since the fifth grade, I've been the smartest science kid. I know science, I love it. And I've always, since the fifth grade, what they've been having me do pretty much is help everybody, help everybody with science. They never let me go forward. Even now, even now, I'm in the physics class. I could teach the physics class. And yet I have to sit there for an entire year in order to get the credits. And in Lindsay, we're not gonna do that anymore. In order to understand when our learners are truly ready to advance, we need to know they have achieved mastery. Mastery does not mean that a learner is able to answer questions about the topic correctly 80% of the time, and they cannot achieve it through lucky guesses or copied answers. In order to truly demonstrate mastery, a learner must provide evidence that they understand a concept and can confidently apply that learning in a relevant situation. We found that the traditional A through F grading system does not properly communicate whether or not a learner has achieved mastery in each component of a content area. So we've replaced traditional letter grades with performance levels. In Lindsay, scores are not averaged or aggregated. You won't see a straight A student or a failing grade. We recognize that learning is a process, and just because a learner has not mastered a learning goal does not mean they have failed. We score based on performance levels from 1 to 4 based on demonstrable evidence of mastery rather than standardized assessment alone. A 1 means learners have begun to undertake the learning process but still need support with the basic language and skills. They may have simple knowledge of the target but still need help in order to demonstrate it. Score 2 represents a basic understanding of terminology and basic skills related to the target while a score of 3 represents demonstrated proficiency. When reaching a score of 3, our learners have provided evidence of a thorough understanding of the content and have shown the ability to apply it in a relevant situation. Once a learner has demonstrated a score 3 proficiency, they have fulfilled the requirements of the learning target. However, a learner who wants to continue past proficiency and show extended understanding has the opportunity to earn a score 4. 
It's important for us to understand that four is not more, meaning it does not equal extra credit, and we cannot simply assign more score three work in exchange for a level four. To earn a score four means the learner has extended their learning beyond the scope of the assignment. The learner applies and expands knowledge by using a more complex reasoning process and a more complex content. They can apply it towards a real-world relevant project or feel confident in teaching the ability to another. At this level, learners have the ability to follow their interests in order to extend their learning beyond what is expected within the classroom. This scoring system allows fast runners to advance through the learning content as quickly and deeply as they are ready, but also gives every learner the time that they need to understand all learning content deeply and thoroughly. A common misconception with performance level scoring systems is that since learners cannot fail, they can easily procrastinate and complete their assignment whenever they feel like it. In fact, the opposite is true. Every learner is ultimately responsible for their learning, and our learning facilitators create lesson plans and activities that expose all learners to grade level content on a regular basis. Grade level content is content that is appropriate to the pacing goals of the group. All learners will still have a responsibility to achieve mastery, but the performance level system allows learning facilitators to see where each of their learners are and craft personalized learning plans that best suit the needs of each individual learner. As always, my guests on today's show are experts, or level fours, if you will, in the performance level scoring system. Chris Macias is a content level eight learner at Roosevelt Elementary School, and Megan Beltran is a learning director also at Roosevelt, with 14 years of experience in Lindsay as a learning facilitator, curriculum coach, and learning director. You won't want to miss what they have to say, so stick around and stay tuned to Lindsay Live. Welcome back to Lindsay Live. I'm here with Chris Macias and Megan Beltran. Let's go ahead and jump right into the discussion. Chris, I want to start with you because you've been here in Lindsay in the performance-based system for your entire academic career. What's been your general impression of the performance-based scoring system? I think it affected me in a positive way because um, I think it's a lot easier and I have a lot more confidence moving on because, um, you know, if I don't if I don't master a target or, you know, get proficiency on it, I can always go back and, and rework on the target. Now, Megan, you actually do have experience in the traditional grading system, both as a teacher and as a student. So can you tell me about what it was like when you became a learning facilitator here in Lindsay and made that adjustment to a performance-based scoring system? I've actually started in Lindsay when we were a traditional system and can remember the hardships and sometimes the disheartening moments when I look at a learner and know they need help in past grades, but I need to get them through that level of content, whether they were in sixth grade or seventh grade. The, the feeling I had with the ABCDF, honestly, was it was a system set up for either learners who mastered things pretty easily 
or learners who gave up a long time ago because they felt so far behind and they just destined themselves and sometimes the system destined them to continue to be DF students. When we went to the one, two, three, four, I myself didn't understand it at first and resisted a little bit. But as we dug deeper and continued our development and understanding of how important it is to look at learning as a progression and not a punitive point average system, I understood that's where the true learning existed. And I understand now that it's much clearer for learners, it's much clearer for learning facilitators as we design and implement instruction. So you touched a little bit there on your responsibility as a learning facilitator to advance your learners versus their potential need to stay back and gain a deeper understanding of a given content level. So how do you grapple with the conflict when those two things don't line up perfectly with with the timing expectations that we've set up for the learner? Honestly, a lot of it has to do with the mindset that's established in a performance-based system. I have learners that come to me now and they don't say, oh, I'm working on fifth grade stuff as an eighth grade learner. They come to me and say, Mrs. Beltran, I need help with content level five reading informational text. And it, part of the conversation never goes to, oh my goodness, I'm three years behind and I'm never going to get it. It's just focused on the learning that's at the level they've been identified at being. And I can honestly say that mindset of performance-based system from learners to adults has made that transition so much easier. I no longer have those conversations trying to pull learners out of their mindset of being a failure. I don't have too many of those anymore. How about you, Chris? Do you ever feel a pressure to advance in content level by a given time? Or do you approach it on more of a target-by-target basis? I usually approach it by target, like target by target, because I can always go back. I can always go back, and I can ask my LF or Miss Beltran if I can, um, if they can help me with, um, with any of my targets that I had needed to do. So tell me what it's like having that reassurance that you can always have the opportunity to dive deeper into your learning should you feel like you need to. It just makes me feel a lot more comfortable learning because, um, because I know that I can always go back and and, you know, go back to what I needed to do. But why would you want to go back and recover something that you've already completed, something that you've already proven your proficiency in? Knowing that you could already pass the content level with a level three, what is it that would make you want to go back and actually try and earn that level four? I want to build um, a good reputation when I when I go to the um, high school. I I want people to think, you know, like I'm a hard I'm a hard working learner and you know, I can do my stuff, I can work a level force. And what we just heard from Chris is something going back to mindset that I'm seeing develop year after year after year in Lindsay as we continue in our performance based system. And that is learners are caring about their reputation, not just with their peers, but they're caring about their academic reputation with adults. And that I did not see prior to a performance-based system. So you have a sense of pride that you were able to achieve a level four, but let me dig a little bit deeper on that. Tell me what the difference is between a level three and a level four. To get a level four, you can uh, do a project that you're interested in. And um, 
you know, level four is also, you know, you're going deeper and showing knowledge behind the target. A level four, to build on what Chris was saying, a level four can be demonstrated in many ways, but the underlying difference is the learner goes deeper than what the target explicitly states. A learner uses the same knowledge, but they go deeper with more complex reasoning processes. The learner may apply the learning target expectation to something they're interested in so that they can apply it to a different context. They may also just go deeper with that target. If they need to explain something, they might go to a deeper level of knowledge and analyze it and show knowledge that goes beyond the target expectation. How do you know when you've achieved a level three or a level four? Does that show up on your report card? We log on to our devices and we have, uh, for Empower, there's a, a target browser. And you go on that and they can look at your scores, whether you got a three or four or two or one. That's how we know our scores. We don't get um, paper report cards. We just look in Empower. So no report cards. Your scores show up on Empower, your online learning management system. But what about before you start working on new learning content? How do you understand what it takes to get a level three or a level four? Our learning facilitators give us rubrics. A rubric is a paper, it's specific details on what you have to do or what you have to explain in detail to achieve each level. So it'll give us options like there are projects that you can work on and you can upload whatever you need, whatever you want. You can make it as creative as you want. You can make it as dull as you want. You know, it doesn't, you just have to show that you know the learning target. Okay, so something like that is provided to you that clearly explains what is required for each performance level. Yeah. And then you are responsible for figuring out how you want to demonstrate that knowledge, correct? Yeah. All right, so give me an example. What's a time that you or uh, Ms. Beltran, one of your learners, has actually demonstrated level four knowledge in a way that has stood out? As a learning facilitator, I was really excited when we switched over to a performance-based scoring because of the level fours. So often, my focus was on our learners who were behind pace and I needed to get them caught up. And often our learners who were ready to move faster didn't have those opportunities because I didn't have a plan for them. It was, I'm glad you're proficient. You, you got an A. Let's keep going and help out until we're ready to move on to the next unit. However, since the performance-based scoring, learners have pushed me I'm not only pushing learners to accelerate, they're pushing me because they want more. So when a learner comes to me and say, Mrs. Beltran, I've already shown proficiency in this. I want to go to level four. Now came the fun. I've had learners tell me they want to write a description of something for a level four because they love writing. It's like, fine, let's do it. Other learners wanted to present something to me. They wanted to make a Google presentation or a PowerPoint and they wanted to present it to the class. Sometimes they just wanted to present it to me because they don't really like standing in front of people. And it wasn't about whether or not you're brave enough to stand in front of people. It's, it was about taking the content to the next level to mastery, using more complex reasoning skills, being able to 
take the proficient content and use it in a different way or attach it to another topic. And it's been a lot of fun to see how creative learners are, but it's also been a lot of fun to know your learners so well that if they come to you and say, can I have a meeting with you at lunch to express what um, where I've taken my learning? Absolutely. So a lot of fun for our learning facilitators. Yes. Is this true, Chris? Is it actually fun to try to get these level fours? Yes, because it's different. Yeah, you don't take like three videos of tests on it. You go beyond. You do presentations and you do writings and it's a lot more fun. You mentioned some new terminology that we haven't talked about yet, a 3V. Can you explain what a 3V is for our listeners? A 3V, the V stands for verifier. What we ensure in our district is that learners across our school district show proficiency in many different ways, but the verifier allows all learners to ensure they've reached the content knowledge, whether they're at Roosevelt School, Washington School, the knowledge is the same. I do remember prior to performance-based system, what was an A in Miss Beltran's history class wasn't necessarily an A in Mrs. Smith's history class. And now with a performance-based system, it's very clear what a learner needs to do to be proficient. It's very clear the knowledge they need. And the verifier, although they do lots of different assignments, their verifier is that point that allows us to ensure they've got it. So if I understand this correctly, a 3V is essentially a standardized level of achievement that ensures the rigor stays consistent from school to school. Now, in that case, where does the criteria for this 3V come from? Is it from the district office or the state level? Well, in a way, the state, because it's all based on the Common Core standards. If we're going to maintain that consistency of rigor, yet still hold true to the belief that different learners learn in different ways and in different time frames, is that going to cause more learners to fall behind than would in a traditional system? I actually believe the opposite. And I know from experience being in Lindsay for 14 years that the performance-based system has made not just all the work be on the learning facilitators, but it's on the learners. The learners now have a choice in their pace. The learners are choosing whether or not they are going to not just come to school or prepared with materials to learn, but that they're prepared with the right mindset. They're given opportunities to learn different targets, different standards, but ultimately the learners are responsible for their learning. Well, how does that make a learner feel when they fall behind, when they're taking extra time to achieve that mastery and watching their peers move ahead of them? Like Ms. Beltran said, they don't think like, oh, I'm behind, like it's, like it's really bad. They, they know that they can always go back and relearn that target or do more on that target to get a level three. Now, because Chris is an on-pace learner and pretty much always has been, I'd love to hear, Chris, what you think about how your scores that you're receiving, your proficiencies you're receiving has caused you to compete with your peers. Have you ever had that experience where you have another classmate and you're both taking the same assessment? Yeah. What, tell us about one of those times. Yeah, it, it's good to be to be like that because it's a lot more fun. You're competing with somebody else and it's you're not actually like competing, but it, it just 
it just pushes you to to get a three. And from the other point of view, if you're not on pace, what's great about a performance-based system is all learners set individual learning goals. And so it's not about being at a certain content level. It's about achieving a goal that is set by both the learner and the learning facilitator and achieving it. Chris explained to me last year, he's an on-pace learner, and last year he actually finished his content level mid-year. And when he finished his content level mid-year, he was able to move on to the next content level, even though a summer hadn't passed. So you actually managed to complete an entire content level early. Tell me what happens in that situation. How does it work when you finish the content level and you still have half a year left to go? You can um, you can either go back to earn level fours and like help other people achieve what you're achieving, or you can go ahead and go ahead of the content level that you're in. That's what I did last year. I had, like I said, done a lot of math for eighth grade and it helped me with a lot. It helped me a lot. So you were given the option to decide whether to move ahead faster or stay back and dive a little deeper. Mm-hmm. Who makes that decision? Who helps you make that decision? Mainly yourself. You, you, can, you can make that decision and your LF, he or she will support you in your decision. And what kind of advantage does it give you when you're allowed to advance at your own pace in the middle of the year or ahead of schedule? It gave me a lot of confidence and like it helped me this year because it saved me a lot of time because it, it, it allowed me to go ahead and last year I did math um, for eighth grade. So it'll it um, helped me because when this year's class was doing math, I could I could go on to like to statistics or geometry while they're doing expressions and equations. Let's talk about some success stories. We're happy to have Chris here with us, who obviously is one of them. But Ms. Beltran, can you tell us about any learners who you have had who have demonstrated a new outlook on learning that you believe might not have happened if not for the performance-based scoring system? You know, I've had so many, I'll be completely honest with you, and all of them come back to mindset and confidence. The fact that a learner can take ownership of what they are going to learn and how they're going to learn it has been phenomenal. Any closing words of advice? What would you tell someone who's new or making the transition from a traditional ABC letter grade system to the performance-based scoring system? I would tell them that it's okay if you fall behind because you can always go back and you can always work on your target level right now, your content level that your LF is teaching. You can also go to certain classes and like they have classes for reading if you're not so good at reading and they have classes for math if you're not so good at math. So that's a lot. It's, It's a lot easier. It's a lot better. Chris Macias, Megan Beltran, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having us today. (laughs) Thank you. Appreciate that. Stay tuned after the jump. We're going to send it out to Brenda Gonzalez right here at Roosevelt Elementary School with five tips for success in the performance-based scoring system. Thank you for listening to another episode of Lindsay Live. To close today's show, let's go out to Brenda Gonzalez, 
Brenda is a learning facilitator at Roosevelt Elementary School who has five helpful tips that will help us master the performance level grading system. Tip one. One of the hardest parts about being a learning facilitator in our model is keeping up with the documentation or evidence. It is challenging to keep up with the constant evidence and its entry if you don't have a system. One of the best ways to ensure you don't fall behind in entering your data is to set aside 10 to 15 minutes each day and enter the evidence from that day. This will protect you from taking an enormous stack of work home on the weekends and it ensures the timeliness and accuracy of the data that goes into Empower. Tip two, many learning facilitators use quick tasks to enter scores, but this is not the most efficient way to score evidence. Quick tasks were created for the random moments of capturing proficient data that are unplanned. An example of this is when I hear learners in-depth articulation to a group of learners as they explain how to do a learning target. I didn't know that was going to happen, but I want to document that proficiency. So I create a quick task. The most efficient way to document evidence for groups of learners in Empower is to do it directly through activities and playlists. By creating these once, I can assign them to as many groups as I need, and I can link the needed resources directly to the activity or playlist. Tip three, I don't need a gradebook. This is one of the largest misunderstandings out there right now. If you're not using a gradebook to see how learners are performing, it becomes nearly impossible to efficiently personalize learning for all learners. The gradebook allows a learning facilitator to see whatever type of grading spreadsheet they want and customize it to look any way they want. If you like seeing all your learners at the same time, it can do that. If you like seeing smaller groups across all your content, it can do that. If you like seeing integrated views of different content areas, it can do that. If you only like seeing one content area at a time, it can also do that. All in all, it organizes the data in whatever way you set it up. Tip four, one of the biggest ways to ensure you can find your activities, playlists, etc., is to title your evidence in a strategic fashion. Don't throw 500 randomly titled activities together before planning a system for labeling and organization. Some people do this by their name, the content area, the content level, and a two-word descriptor. All I'm saying is to think about how you want evidence labeled before entering it. Tip five, move over to Empower 3.0 already. Yes, it is a switch, and yes, it looks different. But all the changes were based on learning facilitator feedback. Efficiency and workflow was the focus. So once you learn your processes, you will save time and energy. There's no reason to wait or delay the move. Do it now and ask for help if you need it. Thank you for tuning in once again. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud and check back next month for another episode of Lindsay Live. <laughs> <laughs>